0: welcome to part two of this out of line discussion with Danae Horst all right so one of the things that I hear so often from people is like unless you were on social media and like hugely famous the day it came out, you're fucked. And I just said fucked like two seconds into your, you know, <laughs> QA, which is like so not you. So sorry for putting all good. fuck words in your interview. But um one of the things that I I always like you're the person that I always talk about. I'm like, oh Let me tell you about my friend, Danae. She has literally, she went, she went from like not even having this account, like fully collective to literally like having, I don't even know how many followers you have, but it's a lot. And creating an entire brand empire, like store, like brick and mortar store, like everything that you're doing is like what everyone says. No, you cannot, that's not possible. So that's my preamble to say, tell me about your, your social media kind of history and, when you started and what that journey has been like to get to where you are now. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, I mean, even kind of in talking about coming on the show, I was like, Oh, I like, I don't belong on this show. Like I am not like well known on the internet. Um, my brand is fairly well known at this point, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Facebook was the first social media like channel I was on and that was in, I guess, 2007, I joined Facebook, I think, like, basically to post wedding photos when I got
0: married. Yes.
1: And definitely only ever used it for, like, personal things. And then once I kind of had, like I was saying, I've always kind of had these, like, side businesses. And I was like, oh, I should have, like, a Facebook page for my vintage shop. And... So I did that. And then I had a Facebook page for my photography business and my bookkeeping business. And I was like kind of getting I I felt like a relatively early adopter in Facebook. But then as soon as Instagram came out, I felt like everybody was like, oh, Facebook is lame. Mm -hmm. Like, You don't need to be on Facebook. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I need to be on Instagram. And I I. I actually scrolled back to see when I joined Instagram. I scrolled all the way to the end of my Instagram feed, which if you ever really want to be humbled and like get a good like grip on yourself, like just scroll back to the first photo I ever posted on Instagram and you will immediately feel a lot more humble. (laughs) Um,
0: So true. So true. Amazing.
1: um, And I, I discovered I joined Facebook in May of 2011. I mean, Instagram in May of 2011. And definitely was not using it well for business for a very long time. Even when I had my vintage company, I look at some of these posts, these photos I posted. I'm just like, what was I thinking? This is a terrible photo of the product that I'm like, hey, go buy this thing at my little vintage booth. Um, <laughs> so it definitely took me a while to understand, I think, the power of social media and how it related to building a business. Um, I got better over the years, but definitely never had much traction in terms of like growing my following. I mean, even today, like my personal Instagram page is like just a little bit over like 5k, you know, which felt like a huge victory the day (laughs) 5k. I was like, yeah, but (laughs) you know, it's been so slow growing that compared to growing the folia account. And, you know, there's been some learnings in that, but really, um, Going to work at The Jungalo with Justina Blakeney, I think, is where I really started to learn so much about social media. I felt like I I had good strategies and sort of good um, curation abilities uh, when it came to social media before I worked with her. But working there and learning kind of all of like sort of her strategies, her tips, her tricks, like just sort of seeing the way that she had already built her following and then being a part of helping to continue to grow that following just taught me so much. Um, and I'm super, super thankful to her for being willing to like share that information with me and knowing that, you know, she knew I was going to be using it from to like build my own brand. And she would like even give me little like occasional, you know, I think if you posted more photos that were like, pulled out instead of so cropped in so close i think you might get better you know response and that's just i mean looking back on that i'm like that was so like nice of her mm. um and just like so generous to mm. be to not you know to not feel like by sharing her secrets she was like in any way kind of threatening her own success mm. she's um, a good one totally yeah she's the best mm. um but yeah so kind of from that point and then um starting to apply some of that, some of what I had learned to my personal page and my, which I also used as kind of my photography marketing, um, account. Um, and then once I started looking at this idea of starting this plant company, um, you know, my first kind of strategy was like, okay, well, I need to get like, I need to get my Instagram like profile, like looking really good. And I had kind of content on there before I even really launched. And before I told anybody it existed, just knowing like, this is how brands are growing in the modern era, you've got to this, if this isn't like on lock, like you're going to struggle. Um, and yeah launching day one with like you know just like posting to my like probably at the time like four thousand dollars like hey guys I just started this like random plant business go like this Instagram page um and that first day uh Getting an email from you and <laughs> yeah. from Anne yep. saying, "Hey, we're doing this this new space called Light Lab, and we're looking for you know people to collaborate with um, in trade for you know kind of like social media stuff. Do you want to put some plants in there?" And thinking like, "Okay, like this is the thing. This is like ha- I know that this is a way to kind of grow your presence online," um, and saying yes to that and. You know, that like giving me a big bump, and then just kind of continuing to make sure that like my content was feeling on brand and like value rich for my target audience, and um, being really, really picky about how my feed looks and mm. what I post and how often I'm posting it, and learning that even though most days, especially now when the shop is so busy, um, I don't feel like I have time to be on Instagram and I don't have like half the time. I'm like, oh, it's 4 p.m. And I still haven't posted anything. Crap, need to get something on there. But knowing that like you I, like posting daily, super essential and just kind of putting all these things I've learned from all of these, like the successes I've seen other people have, but also the failures I've had myself and the failures I've seen other people have putting all that learning into action and trying to figure out how to distill it into something that feels true to me. True to the brand, true to the, I mean, the plant community, especially, because that's kind of my like target, you know, that's who I'm interacting with the most on a daily basis. And yeah, just sort of letting that grow organically and not kind of giving in to these pressures, these emails I'm constantly getting from like social marketers saying like, oh, we know how to like help you build your social media following in 20 days. Mm-hmm. Um and just refusing to like, kind of let any of that pressure, um, affect the way that I'm handling, you know, our social media and, and also recognizing like now I'm probably at the point where I probably need a little bit of help. Um, <laughs> that it's been, you know, it's, I've been managing, I've been like, I pretty much produce all of the content for our Instagram. Um, I take Most of the photos we have one day a week that we share like a photo from a community hashtag, which I love doing and just kind of highlighting people out there whose accounts are beautiful and that I, you know, want everyone to know about. Um, But yeah, recognizing like I probably can't like maintain this like on my own and continue to build my company. Mm. So that's kind of the new I think the next like frontier for me on social media is like, how do I how do I keep moving forward and keep growing this but let go of some of this control and trust somebody else to, you know, kind of maintain the brand voice and the, the aesthetic and the, you know, the quality of the photos and all of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things that for some people, I think they say, oh, I don't, I don't want it to take over my life. Like, I don't want to put that much time and effort into it. But I really like, I want to learn how to make it um, on social media. I want to learn how to like have it benefit my business or my life or, or whatever they're trying to work on. Um, and how do I do that without, you know, without it taking over my life? And, and the, the, the sort of answer is like, there isn't really a way to do that. Like either you have to hire someone to support with doing that, or it is one of those things that, yeah, like thinking about it every single day is kind of a reality and thinking about things in kind of like an anal, like over (laughs) controlling way where you're like, you know, does my feed look good? Do you you know, do you like today, I was going to post a photo from my sister's studio that you um, did plants in, which it looks incredible. And I was going to post a photo, but I, I upload the photo to um, a color story has like a grid that you can see what it's what the photo is going to look like in your feed before you post it. And um, so I uploaded the photo that I was going to post on Instagram to this grid to see what it would look like before I posted it. And I realized that it was a photo almost identical uh, to a photo I posted in my own house last week, because I have like peach drapes. And my sister has peach drapes in her studio. And it was there was a photo of me watering my plants. And then there was a photo of her standing there in front of like holding her dog. And I was like, Oh, this is weird. Like two photos that are like almost exactly the same. (laughs) And so then I ended up having to post something else. And that to me, like so many people would hear that and just be like, wow, you are, you've lost yourself. Like you're, you're actually taking it to, you've lost yourself. Like your social media took over your life. And to me, I hear that and I'm like, yeah, you might have a point at the same time. If I'm choosing when and where to let social media into my business, my presence, my personality, my career, etc., then if, as long as I'm the one that has control over it, I'm fine. As long as I have control over saying, you know what, this photo only got like 100 likes and I don't care. It's not going to ruin my day. And when I get an email from, you know, marketing, like the number of literally every single day I get an email that says, your engagement is terrifyingly low for the number of followers you have and it's like (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those like fear-mongering like business marketing moves where they're like buy followers buy likes buy bots and they're but they just like do it by making you feel bad and I just always read that and go delete like I don't I don't care and I I want to care enough that it is, it is augmenting my life, not taking over my life. And that's where hiring someone else to support can be a great option. Even if you're not a huge business, even if you're still just like, just not great at social media, but you see the value in it. I think it's so okay to have someone help you and be like, I got this. I got this. That's so a, such a smart thing to do. So and yeah, not to th- ramble in your in your Q&A, but that's what no. I have to say about
1: that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's so the, I think the the point being that it it does in a way take over your life because it's a huge piece of of having a business in this like day and age. And I, I know there are some businesses where you can be super successful and have no like have zero online presence, but that's becoming like very few and far between. And ultimately, Yes, I might spend more time on Instagram than I want, um, but my business, I, I owe so much of what my business is today to Instagram. I mean, even my brick and mortar, my physical real world presence is so linked to my presence, especially on Instagram, that it's just another aspect of what it means to run a business and what it means to have a business. And really, I think... Sometimes it's good for me to give people the reality check and get it myself of like, we have access to free marketing as business people. And that's so amazing Um, that though there are days that I absolutely hate Instagram and I wish that I didn't have to care about it. um, I do have to remind myself, like, if I was running a business like this, even 15 years ago. I would be paying for Yellow Pages ads and I would be paying for radio ads and whatever else, TV ads and newspaper ads and all of these things that I'd be spending money on just to get my name out to people And it would have far less impact than what me posting a single photo on Instagram, which is totally free to me, Mm. like does today for my business. So like, why wouldn't I be focusing a lot of my time on this? It's like a huge piece of of like how my how my business has become what it is.
0: Yeah. And the global perspective, like even just the fact that what you're creating with plant knowledge, what you're creating with inspiring people about how to use plants in a way that's not like gross plastic 90s plants in like a you know doctor's office waiting room, like what you're doing is actually has a ripple effect. And I'm sure that you've inspired people all over the world to get into plants, to learn, to decorate their homes in certain ways, to even maybe open their own shops in like, who knows, like you know, Estonia, maybe, I don't know, I'm just, I just think that that's the part of social media that's so incredible, is that, what you love and what you're learning and what you're sharing of yourself with others has a huge impact. And it's a lot bigger than the days where it was like the yellow pages so that people in Pasadena knew where your store is. Right. Now it's huge. And now, you know, that means that you can create whatever you want with that if you decide to write a book or come up with a product line or whatever it is that you decide to do next. And I'm I didn't sign an NDA and I have no idea. What, I just made that up. I just made those things up. So don't start any rumors, you guys. Danae is not doing any of that. I just made it up. Totally made it up. I have or no am idea. I. Or is she? Well, I hope. I hope. Because seriously, the number of times I text her and I'm like, I think I killed my plant. What do I do? Um, she's amazing. So she's the best ever. <laughs> but um, when it comes to what you're going to do next, like the fact that you have this base, Means you can do anything, and know that people will find out about it, that they'll be inspired by it, that they'll go and buy what you make because people love you and love what you've done. So it's like it's it's such a love hate relationship for me because on one hand I am like yeah I know it's so stupid it does take over your life people get way like what their reality is so skewed when they're when they're like air quotes famous online and then all of a sudden they're they like forget to be a real human so I totally get that, but at the same time it's also so incredible, like you're saying. So let's say someone's listening and they're like, okay, 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 I hear you, there's benefits to this. but I just started this new business whether let's say it's like a law firm or a clothing shop, let's say they don't it doesn't have to be any one particular niche that they're that they're working in. but they're like, how? Where do I even start? How do I how do I do what you did, which is use it intentionally to build what I'm trying to create in my business?
1: Right. I think the first thing to look at is really who do who are you and who like who is your business? Um, I think if you think of whatever you're doing, whether it's you're building a business, a business that's based on your own personal brand, so to speak, even if you're an attorney or an accountant or whatever, if your name is is your business, or if you're s- starting something new and you're not, your name isn't even associated with it. It's just really thinking about it in terms of like, if your brand was a person, like who is that person and what community are they a part of and who are the people that are in that community? What are they looking for? Um, I think community building was such a big piece for me of building the Folia, the brand, um, but especially the Instagram account because early on I realized, oh, there's this huge, like there's a huge community of plant people. And really, I mean, I think as plant people, we, I, I say this a lot, I hear other plant people say it a lot, but really there's something really cool about plant people. And I think it's because, plants are this like unifying thing and there's just like not as much of that kind of gross competitive like thing that there can be in other circles sometimes um because we're all just sort of sharing the beauty of like nature yeah like how cool
0: and we don't own it
1: right exactly i have i mean i might have cared for this well and that's why it looks so great but like ultimately i didn't make this like i don't get to take credit for like how amazing a plant is i can only like Foster that plant to be its best self, so to speak. Mm. Um, and recognize, when I recognized that early on with um, the Instagram community and just sort of building relationships within that circle and thinking about, OK, if if I want folia to grow, who do I want it to become? Who is this company growing up to be and who is? Like, who is that, you know, theoretical person friends with? (laughs) Like, who do I want them to be friends with? Um, And looking for those people and finding them and finding ways to encourage them and support what they're doing and to highlight what they're doing and to share that with the people that follow me. Um, Really building that community, I think, is a really important way to get a good foundation because then you always have this group of people that have your back and are like cheering you on. And even when, you know, something happens and you've got like, there's a competitor that's like, you know, biting on your style or trying to do what you're doing. um, You always have people that are like looking out for you and that are saying like, you know, Oh, Hey, Instagram account that only ever regrams other people's photos and never gives credit. Like this photo isn't yours. It's my friend, like so-and-so's that kind of that's like so powerful to have a community of people who really care about what you're doing because you also care about what they're doing and you want to see them succeed. Even if it's just succeeding in keeping that plant alive that they asked you a question about on Instagram. Um, That reciprocal relationship is so powerful and I think also lends itself to, to your social media presence feeling genuine because it is genuine. I think there's, there's ways, there's strategic ways to sort of like make it seem like something is genuine, but ultimately most people are going to see through that if it isn't true, if it's not real. Um, And I think we talk a lot about like, oh, being authentic, Mm. that it's become this kind of like annoying buzzword. But I do think that people respond well to like seeing a real genuine uh, soul to anything, Mm. even in business, Um, especially with small businesses, especially with kind of businesses that are more kind of focused on, you know, kind of. Create creative arts or things like that, that people expect that there's like a soul behind it, that it's not just, you know, some marketing department that's coming up with like clever things to say. Totally. About new products. Totally. Um, And occasionally that means also being more vulnerable. You know, it took me a really long time to sort of show my face, so to speak. And I still don't even often show my face on the Folia account, but occasionally I do. And occasionally I post something that's more personal and it feels like a risk sometimes because I'm like, Oh, here we go. I'm going to lose like a thousand followers today because I posted something a little bit personal. Um, but that hasn't happened, you know, like I fully expected that to happen, but it, it hasn't really happened ever. Um, and so I think that's, that's really like, being grounded in who you are, who your company is, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to build, and who are the people that you should be surrounding yourself with, is such an important way to build a foundation that you can use to continue to grow.
0: Mm. Mm. Yep, that's a good one. It is a good one. Because I think we need to remember that The people that are using social media are real people. Right. And I think that, yes, we can get super caught up in the personas that we create and this sort of, like, distanced reality from who we really are. But actually, they're still real humans using social media. And remembering to connect with them at their core is what, you know, is what I'm hearing you say that, like, if if you want to use it well – That's what you're doing. You're not thinking what's the photo that's going to necessarily like get the most likes or what's the photo if I – I think the thing that I've been doing lately is like unfollowing people that do a lot of just like reposting because I'm like, no, I need need your soul. You know, like you said, like I need – if you're just looking on Pinterest and you're you're Google searching an image that's like beautiful plant in front of pink door and then you're reposting that <laughs> If you're just reposting that I that's great <laughs> But if that's what you are here to post like I can go look for that myself When i want to see that what i want is your soul what i want is to connect with an essence of like who you are why you're here what makes you tick what i can learn from you because we are different so let's learn like i i think that's another thing that's so important um with with social media is to follow people that are different to me and sometimes um i unfollowed (laughs) Anthropology oh, a while ago because I I every single time what they their feed would show up in, in like my feed, I was like, oh my gosh, it's literally like another skinny white blonde girl. Right. And I was like, this isn't not this isn't good for me. This isn't good like anthropology, I love them. I actually spend money there. Everything they do is beautiful at the same time, until they start showing a world that actually looks like the world I live in, which is not size two blonde girls. Right. Like, I don't actually, I, that's not good for my brain to just be seeing that all the time. Even if the photos are beautiful, I want to be following people of all different ages, all different sizes, all different races, all different genders. Like, I don't want to let my brain create this little bubble bubble world that isn't reality. Right. So, again, I keep hijacking your, yeah, your Q&A, yeah. <laughs> but I love what you're saying and I'm like, you know, adding my own thoughts to it. Um, So okay, so what about what about creating a mega sort of presence that doesn't have you super in it? Like, what it what does it feel like to, you know, be afraid to post something about you and who you are to something that you've built that is you and be like, Oh my gosh, are people going to accept this? Are people going to reject me when I put myself out there, even though like, Hello, the whole thing is you. What's that like?
1: Right. Yeah. Tricky, for sure. Um, I mean, even just thinking back to when I first started posting on Instagram with Under the Folia Collective handle, making a decision on day one to use like a wee voice in all of our captions even though, I mean, really, it was me and occasionally (laughs) my husband, like, lugging stuff for me and helping me with things. Um, But recognizing, like, I don't have a team, like, but knowing, like, I'm trying to build a brand, and I'm trying to build something that's going to grow. Yeah. And I think it's, it's harder to, like, make the shift between, like, I even remember in my experience at the jungle, at one point, we kind of started to shift the brand voice, um, as Justina sort of reorganized, like the way the company was divided and sort of having her own personal brand, but then also having the jungle as its own brand. And it was a little tricky to navigate, like, how do you jump from things being about I and me to being like this? Oh, we as a team, because it's may, it may not always be me, the one that's posting. Um, so I was like, okay, early on, I'm just going to solve that problem by using the we voice and sort of being representing the company as the company I want to have, which mm. is something bigger than just myself. Um, but yeah, recognizing that to this day, I've written every single caption. Even if I didn't take the photo, I occasionally, you know, my staff will take a good photo for me on a day I'm not in the shop or something, send it to me, and I'll edit it and then post it. But like I've written every single caption on every post that's on the Folia Collective page, but I always say we. But really, it's me. You yeah. know, that is that's the brand voice air, in air quotes. But it really, it's my voice. Yeah. Um, and then feeling that fear of like, oh, but if I actually, you know, the first time I appeared in a story on the folia page uh, and just a story, not like a photo of me on the main feed or anything. I was petrified because I'm thinking like, OK, me, Danae as a person as like, and even as like a photographer with my other Instagram page, you know, I've got five thousand followers after you know what eight years being on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a great track record. People are clearly not that interested in what I'm doing. Um, and so feeling like, well, what if people are like, what is this? Who is this girl? Who is this person? Um, but realizing, no, I think this is good. I do think I need to have some some kind of a presence, also just constantly hearing that feedback from people around me saying like why don't we ever see you? Why don't you ever talk in your stories? I always just use like captions instead of like speaking when I'm posting videos. Um, but still being totally terrified to do that and not sure what what the impact's gonna be and it was reassuring to see that like I didn't lose a thousand followers in a day because my face appeared in one story. Uh, but still having kind of that that narrative I'm telling myself of like, well, people are interested in what the business is doing, but they don't really care about what you, who you are, what you're doing. Feeling like that's being reinforced as I'm trying now to, so we're sort of trying to di- like redirect some of the content that has been living in the, the folia feed over to my personal page because we've been confusing a lot of our audience by every time I post a picture of a plant that's at my own house, people think that it's for sale at the shop and I have plants in my house that are like really hard to find sometimes and that we don't have at the shop, or at least we don't consistently have at the shop. And so then we're constantly getting like DMS and phone calls. Like I saw this Hoya on Instagram. Like, do you still have it? And it's like, Oh, that was actually at Danae's house. And so feeling like, okay, if we want to eliminate this confusion and just sort of the, logistical aspect of trying to like you know we have enough dms to deal with on a daily basis to have I even can only more.
0: imagine you <laughs> literally the number of people I literally wish that I could read them I let me just guess let me just guess um I killed my fiddle how do I bring it back to life how many times do you get no. that a day
1: uh, I would say probably around 10 <laughs> 10 fiddly fig related yeah. DMs or text messages or that makes emails. so happy. On a regular basis. Oh my gosh. Because everyone is killing their fiddle. And fits. do
0: you just have to like give people plant
1: advice all the time
0: because that you're a nice business person and you want to build your brand?
1: Yeah. I mean, it does. Oh my gosh. It feels like that anyway. I feel for you, girl. And you know, it's this thing where I want people to be keeping their plants alive and I want them to learn. And that's huge. It's a huge value for me. But it is exhausting. And we're kind of working on a better system so that there's kind of more of like an FAQ we can route. People, too. I mean,
0: talk about YouTube. Like,
1: <laughs> I feel like. You,
0: I mean, I mean, again. Right,
1: but then I have to appear on camera. I know, but this is what I'm
0: saying. I'm saying the world is ready for you. They just need you to be like, hey guys, just so you know, I'm the queen that's making this happen. You follow me and I give you free plan advice. Guess what? It's me. Look at me. And then everyone will be like, oh, we love you. And then you'll be like, oh, I
1: was afraid. Yeah, see, I don't know. Like, I'm still afraid because as we've been being like, okay, so from now on, like, per Danae's personal plants are going to live on her personal Instagram feed. And then seeing my like follower count go up by like 12. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, okay. So people don't really care that much about my personal plants. Well, um, I they mean, they you talk about, about them if they think they can buy them at the show. Well, that's true.
0: <laughs> but I mean, you, you mean you think about like, you think about Justina, I think her follower count on her personal one compared to the Jungleo is also like, Hugely different, totally. so and that that is it's a thing. Like people care a lot about like the brand and what the brand present, but when it's personal, a lot of times they're like, whatever, I don't care. Which right. I'm like, that's their loss. Um, but when it comes to YouTube, again, I'm just trying to. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm just coming up with all of your next business ideas but I just think um or maybe
1: IGTV yes yes this is it we're like looking I'm like okay we're exploring this yeah I haven't quite figured out how we're gonna use it but
0: but I mean that then you just go like stop DMing me look in my freaking channel at like the how to not kill your fiddle
1: right Exactly. Yeah, and that's I really do think that's a huge piece of making social media manageable as mm. you're growing like a big brand. Um, which, and I don't even really feel like fully is not big yet. It's not like we have multiple stores, or you know, we're not even at like a hundred k when it comes to followers. But it is a community that's super active, and it's people that like have burning questions that they want to know and they need to know immediately because <laughs> that plant might die any second, which is probably true. Totally true. Um, but. There's got to be ways to make it more manageable. And I mean, even one thing we've already done is I was getting so many people emailing me and DMing saying, Hey, really love what you're doing. Super inspired by it. Thinking about starting my own plant shop or opening my own business. Really curious to know like what your tips might be. What's your advice? Will you mentor me? Wow, Like, how did you get your start? And just being like, wow, I like don't have time. I don't have remotely have time to respond to these emails. I wish that I did because I am like generally very open and generous about like recognizing I didn't invent anything. I'm not doing something that's like impossible for someone else to do. I do bring myself to it and that makes it unique and it makes it what it is. But ultimately if I can help another person Pursue their own passions and go after Their own dreams like I'm happy to do that But I re- just literally don't have the time I barely Have the time to like like go to the bathroom Most days yeah seriously to, You know real talk um, <laughs> So somebody Had approached me about maybe doing A podcast a different podcast um, What yes I know I'm sorry no I'm just kidding You're not my first No <laughs> um, <laughs> Hey you approached me No I'm just
0: <laughs> Truth comes out. Truth comes out. Um, I love it. No, I love it.
1: But uh, yeah, I I talked to somebody who has like a podcast about kind of the plant realm. Oh, is that a thing? It is. It's called Bloom and Grow Radio. Oh. Um, And we were talking about potential episode themes. And I said, well, you know, something I get asked so frequently that I never have time to answer is... How did you get your start? How do I open a plant shop? Like, help. So I recorded an insanely long podcast. Um, Amazing. With... Uh, with the hosts about that topic and talked about like kind of everything, everything from like how I built the Instagram to, you know, like how we got into the brick and mortar. And now I get to say, when people ask me that question, I get to say, you know, I'm so sorry. I can't answer this like directly. And, but I have a very thorough podcast. Here's the link to That's it. That's incredible. Go so listen to it. Here's a resource yep. for you. It's free. Like have fun. Um, That's incredible. And do you have
0: a, do you do like the predictive text? Like I, when I get like the same question over and over again, I put it in my, in my phone. (laughs) I go into the settings and do like the predictive text so that literally I am not kidding you. I'm, I love efficiency. So even with my address and my email address and I, I I was always like, oh, okay. Okay. I have to think of a word that I don't type very often so that, so that when I want to type my email address, it will come up. So I think my email address is like the word dupe, like D-O-O-P, huh. because I never say dupe. So when I want to type out my email address really fast, I just go D-O-P, enter, and boom. And then like when people go, where do you live? And then I give them massive directions of like where it is and how to park and blah, blah, blah. I always just type three three letters together and then boom, the whole thing, send, go. It's like, Sounds like that's oh what you gosh. need.
1: Yeah, I do need that. Sounds that's like what such you need. That's a good idea. Yeah. So genius. When yeah.
0: people go like, how do, do I keep answer,
1: my... I definitely answer the same question a lot every single day. <laughs> so like, you just need What does need that your- mean if my plant's leaves are turning yellow? Well, it probably means... <laughs> la, la, la. Yeah, no, that's genius. So you totally just need your own that.
0: little dupe, beep, toot, yes. <laughs> teeth. Like you just need all your little words that can just be like, for that word, I'm going to just... The, uh, the fiddle one, I'll just type out the word fig and then just... Then and sometimes, though, you, like, go to actually text someone about, like, Fig Jam, and then all of a sudden this huge thing oh types God, out about. <laughs> I've actually done that. <laughs> I actually texted someone, like, my massive, massive address and, like, how to find my house in the middle of a conversation. <laughs>
1: And they're like, yeah, I'm not coming to your house. Yeah, they were like, nowhere.
0: <laughs> they were just like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, I'm so sorry. Auto correct. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But yeah, I love efficiency. So yes. you know, just yeah. a little tidbit, <laughs> it'll it's save good. you. Good tips. Um, no, that's that's really interesting. Um, just people, people coming to you, and I love that people feel like they can come to you with. How do I do what you're doing? Which is like, um, do you really want me to, like, give away my business secrets? But at the same time, like you said, it's kind of that thing of um, there's enough to go around. And, and in the same way that, like, Justina is generous with what she knows. And you can be generous with what you know because the world is massive. And right. if you do – if you're good at what you do, like – there's enough room for us all to succeed. I believe that. And I've always felt that way, whether it's someone being like, what lens did you use to take this photo? Or like, what do you use to edit that? Or I'm like, I'll tell you, I don't care. It's not like a trade secret that, you know, like I, if I tell you, then my business is doomed. Like if you're good at what you do, you're going to be successful. And that is, it's cool to hear you say that. Um, Side note, what is, do you, do you carry fiddles at your store? We do
1: kind of. Uh, we don't. Well, we don't have room for for anybody who has the impression that the store is huge because we hear this all the time. Really, that people look at the store on Instagram and then come into the store and they're like. Oh, Oh, this looks way bigger on Instagram. That's like, so yeah, funny. The store is 230 square feet. It's and so cute. about 30 square feet of that we have to use as like storage slash, you know, where the printer lives and whatever. Um, so we don't have a lot of room for trees. So we don't carry big ones. We only get them on special order. Mm. Um, so we'll get you one if you want one. We okay. do keep some small ones in stock generally. But... My kind of main vibe with fiddly figs is if you ask me about them, I try to talk you out of getting one. Yeah. They're very <laughs> easy to kill and they're played out. They are play I do think they're played out. They're beautiful and I don't I don't really like to think of plants as being trendy because plants are beautiful and they're they, but are they nature. were but trendy. But like there's just way too many of them yeah. on Pinterest. Yeah. And what's they're your new fave expensive and so hard and so they're so expensive for how hard they are to keep happy yep. so um my new fave when it comes to trees yeah. i guess is i really love the ficus triangularis which we put in your house it's and amazing. I love it and it looks amazing in i here. haven't killed it yet they're just super beautiful and a little bit unusual with their kind of weird triangle leaves um there's also one called Ficus Audrey, which Anne has in her house.
0: Oh, that's so pretty! And
1: the leaves are like kind of fuzzy on the underside, mm. and they're like this sagey green color. Um, so pretty! They're not as easy as the triangulars though. So yeah, pretty, she almost killed it like last a little week. Tricky, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, she texted me about it. Uh- <laughs> 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 um that's so and then funny. I didn't respond for like a full week and then woke up at like I don't know probably like one in the morning was like I forgot to respond to that text message oh my gosh um yeah so the I'm really loving those right
0: now. yeah that one is so pretty I when she got it I was like oh that I've never even seen that tree before but it's amazing so hopefully we'll see that one show up a little more yeah I'm ready so. I'm that ready be,
1: that'd be my goal
0: I love it Um, okay, so I know that you used to be a photographer and you also, didn't you used to work at Anthropology as well? I did indeed. Okay, and then you worked at the Jungle, and you've done like all of your, all of your different things, which is amazing. Um, I relate a little bit. I like the, the side hustle. Um, so my partner for this podcast is Cat Footwear. And one of the things that we both value and talk about a lot um, together and now on this podcast is about risk taking. And so I know that you had all these, you know, different kind of props in terms of your finances, like propping you up so that not one thing was your main income. And then now you don't. Now you have your store, which is incredible, but You know, what was that like? Was that was that a a huge leap? What did you do to support you in really taking that risk and and being like super bold and just being like, I'm all out and I am doing it?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think to be totally honest, my initial approach was I mean, folio's has grown sort of from something that I could do on the side when I was still doing just pop ups and the occasional like client consultation installation thing. Um, I did that on on the side for like a full year, pretty much before the brick and mortar came to be. And even when. The opportunity to take over this very tiny retail space um, came up, it still felt like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if we're ready for this. Like, and I'll know if the business is big enough to support this. I don't know if people are into plants enough to support this. I don't know. And when we when my husband and i decided like yeah let's like let's do this let's take over we took over a lease so we didn't sign a brand new lease we just were subleasing from somebody who was looking to get out of a lease um when we decided to take it over our plan was that i was actually going to stay at the Jungleo a couple days a week oh, and wow. basically just work off site like work remotely from the shop i was like yeah it'll be slow it'll be slow on weekdays <laughs> I'll be able just to like sit there and like write blog posts and you know, whatever, do whatever Justina needs. And then occasionally Bill was going to cover the shop on days that I needed to like be at a shoot or be at the O studio or whatever. That was like the, the whole plan. Also, I'm going to keep taking photography projects on the side because I've always kind of done that still on the side. And the day that we open, I immediately was like, oh, this might not this plan might not work out. It was so busy that first day. And there were people there who I didn't even know. I thought we were having like a friends and family soft opening. <laughs> I had only announced, I announced it on Instagram, but I was like, eh, like most of these people probably don't even live here. Like I, no one's going to care. Um, we were super busy that day and immediately it was like, Oh, and within like, um, probably two months of opening, I was like, yeah, I need an employee. Like, I can't do all of this by myself. And Bill was like, can I please stop having to be at the shop so much? Because, uh, you know, he's got his own thing, I guess. Um, <laughs> I like, guess. He's, like, doing things. Yeah. Um,
0: own career, dreams, whatever. Right, whatever.
1: Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, so I just – it. It was something where I thought I wasn't taking that big of a risk, but immediately became clear, like, no, actually, like, if you're going to do this, you got to do it. And so I told Justina, like, hey, I don't think, I don't think I could keep like doing both of these things. Like, if there's ways I can still be involved, I love, because I love, I love that brand. I love what they're doing. Um. I love Justina most, most of all. Um, And I loved my coworkers I had there too. And that was like the heart for me felt the hardest about switching over to full time doing my own thing is I'm I'm by myself so much. Um, Even now, I, you know, I have a, you know, a team, I've got four employees, but I still spend, you know, half the day, three, four, five days a week in the car like going and buying looking for plants and it's a lot of like solitary time so i miss like having coworkers um in in those those like solitary hours um and initially that was super hard for me just to be by myself at that shop all day long um so i guess in a weird way I almost got tricked into I I got tricked into thinking I wasn't taking as much of a risk as I actually was. taking. (laughs) And now every single day feels like, oh, now I'm risking something new. Oh, I need another employee. Okay, I still don't know how we're going to pay for that. Yeah, Um, I still occasionally have to take jobs on the side to like, you know, pay my rent. Um, But it is, I think, in a weird way that getting kind of eased into it by thinking like, oh yeah, I can do this as just sort of like another side gig was probably the only way that Mm. I was going to feel confident enough to do it because I've done so many other things and they've never been successful enough to support like myself, let alone, I mean, my husband is a, is getting his PhD. So he's not like making a ton of money. And that means that like, there's a lot of like pressure on me financially to make sure that we can pay our bills. And, you know, um, that's a little scary to be like, yeah, I'm going to just start my own business. I'm sure like my family thought I was insane. Um, you know, like, wait, what, um, you're opening a plant shop. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think I still get that reaction from anybody who's, Like, everybody I meet who's, like, a business person, Mm -hmm. you know, like, the guys at my bank or the property manager of the, like, little shopping center we're in, they're always, like, so surprised to hear that we're doing so well. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I know you don't think plants are cool, but a lot of people do.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. But I think what you're saying makes so much sense. Like, if If I knew how hard so many of the things that I've done, if I knew how hard it was going to be when I did it, I wouldn't have done so much of it from like from personal stuff like marriage. Because let's be honest, I love marriage, but it is hard. Way it on. is not like, it is not like oh, yeah, it's like like little romance, love, love. It's like, oh, no, this is like we are working on this. This is work. And then there's businesses, and then there's you and, you know, taking over someone's lease and being like, this will be fine, and then being like, oh, oh, hang on. And so I think that it's kind of a little bit of a, a secret good thing that we don't know how hard things are going to be sometimes, but I will say. That's one of the things that I think about when I think about having kids. I'm like, hang on a second. I know this. I know this road. I know this road of being like, it's going to be so great. And then being like, hang on, wait, this is way harder than I thought.
1: Reality check. Yes. And that's, I mean, I think sometimes that's something I didn't even think about until having this business, especially once it shifted to the brick and mortar is that it's it's kind of like having another kid. And at first I felt bad for feeling that way because I was like, oh no, I'm sure having a child is much harder. And in a lot of ways, I'm sure it is. But as I started sort of exhibiting some of the same things that like my friends who just had a baby are exhibiting where I'm like, yeah, I haven't slept in like five days. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I haven't been able to shower or eat or like anything because I'm like, there's this other thing that I'm responsible for like keeping alive. Yeah. Um. Everybody was like, wow, it's kind of like you had a baby. And I was like, yeah, it kind of is. And it made me realize if I ever... If I ever have friends who are start who are especially opening a store, but starting a small business that has like kind of one of these like there's a certain day at which a bunch of things need to have happened. um, I'm going to do a meal train for them because much like having a baby, there's this like period where you are just incapable of like making sure you can take care of yourself Uh and having somebody else like attending to that would have been so amazing. So that's just a little word of advice. I like that advice. I
0: mean, Literally, if Postmates was not available at my address, I may not be here right now.
1: Right. (laughs) Totally. Yeah.
0: Whenever we go, whenever we go to our our Palm Springs house, and I always check to see if there's like if they've started Postmates out there yet and they haven't. And I'm always just like, uh oh, what do we do? How are we gonna make it? How are
1: we going to live?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's bad. But it's hilarious. It's so true. Um, so all right. Uh, I ask these last questions to everyone, so I, I want, but I want to hear what you say. And I always love how different everyone's answers are. Always so different, and that's what I love because every topic that we that we've covered on Out of Line has been so diverse and different, and so like nothing's the same. So then I always like having just these two questions. Be like, all right, there's at least some continuity here. <laughs> so, um, self care routine. Like we've talked about how we talked about how busy you are. Um, we've talked about how you've got like a thousand things going on and also that how you have fibromyalgia. So what does self-care look like to you and how do you make space for that in your super busy life?
1: I would say I'm currently relatively failing at self-care. <laughs> uh, if I'm being honest, um, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, especially now that I have employees and I have, you know, a handful of my employees are, Much younger than I am. And I think back to like when I was their age and who I was working for at the time. And I'm thinking, like, I want to make sure that like I'm setting a good example of like, it's good to like have aspirations to like do your own thing and have your own business or do whatever it is you're looking to do. But that, yeah, if it's at the expense of like your sanity or your physical happiness or whatever it is, um, that's like not a great example to be setting. And so I'm thinking about it more. Um, Self care for me in an ideal world, I think looks like, um, I think at least one day a week that I'm like not on my laptop and not, you know, not with my phone in my hand and I'm trying to get better. My husband, I think would also appreciate if I didn't always have my phone in my hand. My husband is fall currently following, I think four people on Instagram uh, and, <laughs> and like, two of them are you and two of them are me exactly. And never posts anything. So he like is not remotely in my like sphere of like understanding what it's like to be like constantly checking social media. Um, um, so having at least a day that I can, or part of a day that I can kind of take a break is something I'm like setting a goal towards. Um, and I'm getting better at it Mondays, which is today, uh, I often, like, don't worry as hard about, like, if I posted something or if, uh, you know, if I'm checking DMs and responding to people's questions, I'll catch up later. Um, But Monstera Monday. I know. But which actually, in a weird way, makes it kind of easy. So that's, like, (laughs) something I think to think about if you're trying to find a day of a week that you're not on, like, not having to work as hard at your Instagram Find a hashtag, like a community hashtag that's like tied to that day of the week. And then you kind of can like at least pre-plan a little bit of that content um, (laughs) while you're trying to get better at pre-planning more content. Um, And then, yeah, for me, it's really just like, like I need to get better at reminding myself to do really basic human things like eat lunch and drink water and go to the bathroom because oh. uh, I often get home at the end of like really long work days, 14 hour days often, and realize I haven't peed since I left the house that morning. Oh, whoops. And like, hi, that's a problem. Yeah. That also means I'm not drinking enough water. Well, <laughs> As if yeah. I was, I would have needed to pee. Wow. Well. Um, so... Yeah, just kind of really trying to pay more attention to my physical body, which is hard because of the fibromyalgia, because I'm I've gotten so good at ignoring my body mm. because if I don't, I don't get much done. Mm. Um, So finding a balance there. Yeah. And I think for me, the way that that's kind of playing out is just in having people be basically having people I'm accountable to. Um, several of my staff members have gotten much, like have kind of gotten hip to this whole thing. And they're usually like, yeah, did you eat lunch? And I'm like, oh, and they're like, you should go eat something. (laughs) It helps that one of my, one of my team is also like a pretty good friend of mine. And so she, I think feels a little bolder in her ability to be like, have you had any water? Mm. (laughs) Um, but I really appreciate that. And sometimes it's good just to like, let people know. Like, hey, this is something I'm really bad at, but that I need to be better at. Like, and this is how I'd appreciate if you wanted to help me with it. Mm. Um, I feel like people are usually really open to that. So that's the thing that I'm working on a lot. Um, And something else I've started doing that has been really helpful is trying to at least like once a month go do something related to plants that isn't necessarily related to like business strictly. So going to a garden, sometimes I'll even go and like work from like a botanical garden, like the Huntington Gardens here in, in LA is beautiful. And they have this like pretty lovely cafe where you can sit. They have Wi-Fi. So I'll go, I'll like work on emails or do whatever I need to actually get done that day. And then I'll give myself two hours to just like go wander the gardens. And, you know, and sometimes I'll I'll do a story or post to Instagram, but I'm like connecting back with what I love about mm. plants and not just thinking about them from like a business perspective, mm. but actually kind of reconnecting to like the soul of like why I'm doing what I'm doing. So That's Mm. been, that's been really helpful. And I'm trying to do more of that. I
0: love it. Mm. Um, What about you and and what you have in common with other people, Um, either in either in L.A., in the world? I know it's a big, broad, massive question, but just getting down to something that you believe that you have in common with other people, no matter who they are and where they are.
1: Yeah, that's, like, such a good question. And I'm always, like, so interested to hear other your other guests' answers to this question. And, <laughs> and I'm like, and I still don't know, am I? No. I feel like there's so many things that mm. we have in common. But I really think that, um, ultimately, we're all pursue, trying to pursue things that, like, enrich our lives. And um, that's why I do what I do. It's why I've always, like, been super kind of hardcore about pursuing my own thing, even when it was on the side and not like something that was making me a lot of money. But because I knew there was something that about having my own business that like nourished my soul. And for other people, it might be something different. But I think ultimately, we're all looking for ways to nourish our souls. And that might be what you do for work, or it might be what you do as a hobby, or it might be, you know, um, where you travel or who you, you know, are connecting with or, you know, what you're like just doing with like what little free time you might have. Um, and I think that that's really, in a way it's, it's universal. I think like our perspective in kind of Western culture can be a little skewed towards like, Oh, what what our work is should be, like, what nourishes our soul. Mm. But I think that, like, there's so many people all over the world that work to survive, and that is okay. Um, but they're still finding, like, the moments in their everyday that are what are actually, like, feeding them and inspiring them and enriching them. And I think that it's – I don't – I try not to fall into the trap of viewing, like – Oh, so-and-so who just w- has worked at... I used to always be amazed when I lived in Seattle at how many people I would meet who had worked at, like, Boeing uh-huh. for, like, 27 years. And I would just have this, like, re- oh, like gut reaction of, like, I can't imagine working in the same job for 27 years. It feels, like, soul-crushing. But then realizing, like, okay, you're being a snob, for one thing, but also, like... Not everyone is getting like everything they need from just from their job. Mm. And ultimately, I think if we're if we can all be better at not focusing so hard on getting everything we need from our jobs, um, we might be able to find better work life balance um, and kind of be better at self-care. So I don't know. This is something I've been thinking about a lot lately is just that we're we're all kind of finding ways to kind of make our lives feel more the way that we want them to be and, and to be able to get out of them what we're looking for and that may look different from person to person but that's still kind of I think one of these sort of threads that ties us all together
0: I love it thank you
1: yeah this has been such me. a good chat
0: I loved this me too it's been really fun mm-hmm. thank you You've been listening to out of line with Caroline Lee tweet me at team Woodnote or tag me in your posts on Instagram using out of line podcast. And let me know what you thought of today's discussion and who you'd like to hear as a guest on out of line. Next. This episode of out of line was produced by me, Caroline, all sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a
1: review, will ya?